this is where you come to hear tales of loss, redemption, salvation, perspectives, epiphanies, and self-evolution. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the glory in our stories. Tigas listeners, welcome to the latest episode of The Glory in Our Stories. We are getting closer to our 100th episode, so continue to listen to past and present interviews with some pretty awesome individuals. Their stories vary with one common theme, living life. I still encourage you during this time of quarantine to remain smart and safe as we embark on a journey towards a different form of normalcy. On this episode, we have Mrs. Keisha Anderson, an elementary school teacher who studied at Florida A&M University. Mrs. Anderson was born in Niagara Falls, New York, before moving to Florida, where she ultimately refers to as home. Mrs. Anderson grew up wanting to pursue a few different careers, such as being a lawyer and a nurse. She was later inspired to be a teacher, where she serves to educate the youth on becoming better students and individuals. We begin this interview a little differently with Mrs. Anderson diving into the meat of the conversation as she speaks on helping her six-year-old son with becoming aware of his presence in the world as a black male. She also speaks on maintaining his interaction with his schoolwork during the pandemic, as well as her own lesson planning as an educator. Check it out. The more you sit, the more you read, the more you um, watch the news, it definitely became more and more real to me. And um, my son, like, he is afraid to leave the house. He's afraid of catching this disease. And, you know, he worries for his dad every day that he gets up to go to work. So it's added this new layer in our household of teaching him to be um, aware, but also trying not to have him live in fear. So uh, it's definitely a new normal, trying to balance being mommy, um, (laughs) a teacher at home, and teaching him as well on top of all of that. Um, But I feel like it's also been a little rewarding. Like, we're able to spend time together more so now than we would have in the norm. Um, Getting to know him in a different light. So... It's like, you you know, your kid is smart, you know, your kid can read, you know, but it's when you see it all coming together, when you see the impact that his teacher has added to him and his way of thinking, it's just mind boggling. And, And does it get tiresome? Absolutely. Every single day, you know, it's just like, I need a break. I need to get out of here. But I'm loving it at the same time. Yeah. I think it has also helped me as a teacher to be more innovative, innovative, mm-hmm. um, just trying to come up with ways to keep my kids engaged when we're online teaching. And I, I feel like it's been a blessing in disguise. So I'm not only looking at it from a negative standpoint, 
where you okay we're trapped inside we can't go anywhere we can't do anything you know it's like we're spending all this extra time that normally i wouldn't get <laughs> you know so I'm, I'm trying to take advantage of that as best as i can yeah and I've, I've been hearing from some educators saying that, you know what, this is giving, like you said, it's giving me the opportunity to try something different. Mm-hmm. And um, and it's funny because a lot of college courses, of course, are online, but now it's like everything is online. And yeah. it, it's, it's a plus for us um, higher students um, because a lot of us have other responsibilities like right. and mm-hmm. working so it probably will be convenient but there are other courses that it's just best to have that hands on and have mm-hmm. that face-to-face interaction yeah and i even think about you know those different um level students in your classroom there are some kids who you can explain something to one time they got it yeah you know or you can show them how to do it one time they got it then you have those kids who you know you literally need to hold their hand and and trace over it and walk them through it. And it's hard to do sometimes through a computer if they don't have the attention span to sit and listen and watch, you know. Mm. They, they need that touch. They need you to remind them, like, okay, baby, hold on. You know, like, wait a minute. You skipped a step. You know? <laughs> it's, it's definitely more difficult in that aspect. Yeah. And um, how has it been... So do you, I take it that you have a particular schedule uh, with you and your son, when it, and especially because I know you have things to do as well. Mm-hmm. Um, has that been working? Has you? It's been working. We It took us a little while to um, get into a groove, and I was probably a mean mommy in the beginning. <laughs> um, but I'm very particular. I like things a certain way. I want them done the way I want them done. In the time that I wanted done, and I had to learn that it couldn't just be my way. That I kind of have to bend to him as well because he's six. Yeah, he's in kindergarten, you know, um, and he's used to a different way of work. <laughs> so I got a lot of the. That's not how my teacher do it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I have to remind him, like, well, you know, mommy's a teacher too. He's like, yeah, but not kindergarten. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I know a lot of parents have been getting that. Like, that's not how Mrs. or Mr. So and so does it. So, mm-hmm. Um, and then they're like, "Well, I'm your teacher now, so right." And I, I mean, and I'm your parent, so you have to mm-hmm. listen to what I say. Um, yeah, I, I, I think I was asking um, some friends or family, like, how do you, how do you think this would have went down in the '90s or even <laughs> earlier, <laughs> earlier time? I don't even want to picture that. Wow. <laughs> I do not even want to picture that. Um, that is funny. I, I can't imagine. I think parents now are more flexible. Whereas, um, at, at least for me growing up, my parents were very um, more rigid. Like, you do what I say because this is what I said. Yeah. You're going to do it this way because this is what I'm telling you to do. Um, whereas, I'm, I'm more... Well, how does your teacher do this? Show me how your teacher does it. You know, mm-hmm. maybe I can learn it different ways so that I can explain it to you. Like, you're open to more ways of work than they were back in the day. Yeah. And one one uh, step up that we do have, obviously, is technology. Oh, goodness, yes. Google is your best friend. <laughs> <laughs> Man. I think back in the day... Um, 
like for me, it was very difficult for me to stay focused. Mm-hmm. And I've noticed that a lot of students, it's easy to say, well, a student doesn't know this, doesn't know how to do that. It's like, no, it's just a level of, of being focused because I remember in high school, I failed a course and I was afraid of staying back. Um, and my mom said, well, since you didn't want to focus, you're just going to have to focus on summer school. And as somebody young and that wants to <laughs> enjoy myself, that was mm-hmm. that was a sacrifice that I, I had to make. And I ended up making a better grade in summer school than I did in the actual classroom. And in hindsight, that's where I realized as a student, unless I'm um, zoned in on what I'm doing, I will not do well. Mm-hmm. I won't do well at all. So how do you, how were you, how would you um, define yourself as a student as going all the way back to uh, elementary and to seeing yourself in in college? Like the, uh, I've always been um, very studious, um, but very timid and shy, you know, only speak when spoken to, um, but school was never difficult for me up until fractions were introduced and you know mm-hmm. reading and you know history all those things it just came naturally it was easy once fractions were introduced I felt defeated and it was no one who could teach me a way to do it that made sense in my brain yo thank you all for listening so far keep tuning in as we take a break and be right back I see trees of green, red roses too. I see them bloom for me and you. And I think to myself, what a wonderful world. I see skies of blue and clouds of white, the bright blessed day, the dark sacred night. And I think to myself, what a wonderful world. These are the timeless lyrics of Louis Armstrong's What a Wonderful World. I thought it was fitting seeing that local cities are starting to open back up to the public. I see people smiling and being merry while slowly storming discount sales at nearby outlets. I see hope and a desire to move forward in the midst of case numbers and moments of fear. I also see black men dying and looting in the streets. I see fractured justice and battered futures of uncertainty. Let's continue to practice social distancing and take safety precautions for ourselves and others. Let's continue to fight for fairness and love. And now, back to the episode. So I developed a complex. It was like, you know, oh, math is hard, or I can't do it, or I could do just enough to get by. And I I began to become comfortable with that. Like, okay, I just see my way out of this class, you know. Mm -hmm. Hey, a C is good for me, you know, when it (laughs) pertains to math. And it wasn't until I became an educator and I started teaching fractions that I realized like it was another way that this could have been introduced Mm -hmm. and had I learned it this way I feel like maybe I 
would have viewed math, maybe I would have looked at college differently, maybe I would have taken a different route, but it was when I was getting ready for college, it's like, okay, what can I do that I don't have to take a lot of math? Because I'm not good at that. Yeah. You know, so um, that's something that I always keep in mind whenever I'm teaching. It's multiple ways to introduce something because everybody doesn't learn it the same way. And once you have your way, hey, run with it. You don't have to pay attention to this other way I'm showing. Exactly. But I want to present it in a way where you have multiple opportunities to pick up on your best way of learning something. Back in college, I had a math, a college algebra. I I was dreading that for a while because when it comes to mm-hmm. when it comes to math, it's that's not my strong suit. And my sister was teaching me, was helping me with my homework, and she was getting so frustrated with me because it was so easy for her. Like, mm-hmm. you, you know, you you know, you do well in the subject when you know shortcuts and nobody else does. <laughs> and she was showing me these shortcuts, and I'm like, I don't have no idea how you got from here to here to there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my college professor actually made it fun and she she encouraged you like you think and she told everyone in that class and everyone every student in that class y'all think that this is difficult but I'm going to try my best to make it so that it isn't and you can come out of this classroom with an A and that's exactly what she did and so like oh that's great and um I was I was completely shocked because I'm like this is the first time I've ever made an A in math Mm -hmm. But it was her, awesome. it was her method, and she was very personal. She said, "You need if you need to come by my office, come by." And she had candy. <laughs> this I'm a twenty-something-year-old <laughs> man. Mm-hmm. She had candy in her drawer, and every time I got something right, she gave me like a, <laughs> a small snicker. <laughs> but it was an incentive, you know, and it, right. and it, and it yeah. helped. It helped. It helped a lot. Um. So. When it comes to like in the concept of, I'm pretty certain you probably do, but do you find yourself teaching? You're basically teaching your son, basically, yeah. right? Yeah. Alongside with his with with his teachers. Um, do you find it difficult? Well, how do you how do you go about like if your teacher if his teacher says do this, do you combat that and say I don't think that's right, or do you follow along with what his teachers are? Oh, no, no, no. I go along with whatever his teachers have planned. I feel like they are the experts. And we follow the plan. Now, will I go in and add anything extra? Absolutely. Will I try to challenge him? So let's say he has to, normally they do a read aloud. So he watches a a read aloud on YouTube. Mm -hmm. Um, So if she's assigned one book for him to read, I may add two other books that he needs to read that day that he's going to read independently. If he's assigned, you know, um, one math worksheet, I may go in and like, oh, wow, you finished that really quickly. You know, as a challenge, let's say if you could do this one over here, you know. Um, so I always just try to go in with something a little extra or try to add a fun component to it. Turn it into a game or something. Yeah. Now, but, you- no, I follow her map because um, she is the expert. I am definitely not a kindergarten teacher. <laughs> So how are you? Um, how are you enjoying having a just overall having a son? Because I know with mom, I, I I personally believe that I challenged mom um, <laughs> more than my sisters did. Because I was 
I don't think it was just it was more than the fact that I was a boy. It just I had a different um, characteristics, mm-hmm. and I I believe that I gave. I'm starting to believe I'm the one that gave my mom her gray hairs, <laughs> <laughs> opposed to my sister. But how how is it being that? Because I think that's one of the most um, rewarding relationships uh, mm-hmm. between a mom and her son. I think that I was made to be a boy mom. Like, he brings out the best in me. He is so fun, so witty. Like, just, he is fun. <laughs> he has no chill. He <laughs> he will turn anything into a game. He is just fun, and I feel like he's bringing back out the kid in me. Yeah. And I think I always desired a brother to be in the household with me so I kind of get a glimpse of you know this is what life would have been like you know had my mom had a son mm-hmm. and I'm partly a little grateful she didn't because um <laughs> <laughs> he is he's a handful but it is all in good fun he I mean run ripping and running from one side of the house to the other side of the house he walks nowhere everything is running <laughs> Um, flipping over the sofa, you know, turning the bed into a wrestling match. Uh, he, he is just good fun. He's so sweet and so kind. He he sees the good. And sometimes I need that reminder. He'll see me getting mad or frustrated. And he, he tell, you know, he'll, he'll remind me like, it's okay, mommy. You got this. Don't get frustrated. <laughs> you know, so it's like he, he reiterates things that I try to teach him and he brings it back to me. But, um, uh, I definitely think boys are cool. If I were to have another child, I would definitely want another boy. Mm-hmm. Um, he's good fun. <laughs> he's good fun. Now, do you all, um, do you see more of his dad and him or you or a mixture of both? <laughs> he is definitely more of his dad and he has a little bit of me in him. <laughs> <laughs> but he's a, he's a jokester and a pranker just like his dad. Mm-hmm. Um, always has a rebuttal for everything he, he's a know-it-all just like his daddy <laughs> and i know like a lot of his intelligence like i feel like he just came here just knowing a lot of that stems from his dad yeah can you is it is it is it easy maybe it, it may be too early but i'm curious is it can you see where he could possibly go as far as where his life, depending on his uh, his talents and skills, or is it too early to notice any development in that? Uh, I don't know. I don't know how much of that is what I want for his life <laughs> <laughs> versus what I see um, him giving off. Mm-hmm. I know he's destined for greatness. I have um, very high expectations of him. And um, he always rises to the occasion. So that kind of gives me hope that whatever he sets his mind to, he'll follow through with it. Um, but I, I don't know. He he changes. One day he wants to be a doctor. Another day, you know, he wants to be a firefighter. So he's still in that phase of, you know, oh, this looks cool. You know, I, I think I want to be this when I grow up. You know, for the longest he wanted to be the president of the United States. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. I don't know. It's cool that uh, Mrs. Anderson mentions that, you know, in reference to her son. Um, Because when I was young, what I wanted to be 
was based on what I saw on television, all the action heroes, you know, that's, that's what I was aspiring to be. But then I got older and started being exposed to other ideas that were more concrete, like becoming a husband, becoming a father, becoming a mentor, uh, becoming a listener or becoming of some use to someone else um, where I was not thinking about myself. So seeing those examples, um, like she's stating, um, is very important. So continue to listen to the latest episode of The Glory in Our Stories uh, with Mrs. Kishe Anderson. Unfortunately, and the reason why I brought this up, because this was one of the, the things that really, because we get so desensitized by the continuation of so much that goes on in the news. But yeah. uh, the most recent um, shooting of Ahmaud Arbery. Yes. Um, the reason why that hurt me a, a lot was because all he was doing, because I love to run. Uh-huh. And I actually told myself, and it may, count, may sound kind of more, but I told myself that if I was to die while running, I would probably I would be happy because I enjoy running. Uh-huh. But to, yeah, you die doing something that you love. Exactly. But yeah. but to die like that, knowing that you did not ask for it, knowing, uh-huh. knowing there's a possibility that, that was specifically done because you are who and what you are. Uh-huh, uh-huh. That's a scary reality because it, is. it makes us think that at any point because of someone being of a darker complexion or just because of a stereotype that people place on us, um, yeah. we're restricted. So as a parent of a, of a young um, African-American child, do you see yourself having these conversations in your mind or are you preparing to, to speak on this with him as far as a reality or how oh, do you? Most definitely. There is a, um, expectation in my household I sit down and watch the news he sits down and watches the news and some things of course I have to bring down to his level for more understanding but he's very aware of um, Ahmad and what transpired and I just told him like sometimes people don't like you because of what you have on or people don't like you because of what you said and they may do bad things so, um, so he's aware of that. Um, we went walking the other day and I was brought to tears just thinking, here we are just walking in our neighborhood and I live in a very diverse neighborhood and at any given moment, somebody could take my child's life. Somebody could take my life simply because of the color of our skin, simply because they feel like he may grow up to be a threat. I mean, or just for no reason at all. And that's a huge fear of mine is I'm having to raise a little black boy and he's going to have to realize that you can't do what you see everybody else do. Yeah. You are always going to have to be a step ahead. You're always going to have to be looking behind you. And, you know, I don't want him to be afraid of the police or anything like that, but being aware. And that's something that, I start telling him now, you know, you always respect authority. You don't fight. You don't um, argue with police officers. You know, mommy and daddy are here to always fight your battles. You respect adults. 
you know, if they're, if they're right, wrong, or indifferent, your parents will always come in to right whatever wrong there is. And I mean, I, I also have that conversation with my nieces. Like, I would rather you spend a night in jail off of something that you did not do than to get a knock on the door that you no longer have your life. Yeah. So, it, it's tough, I think, for a girl or a boy now. But, you know, I feel like black boys, black men, it's like you have a target on your back. I remember um, a friend of my sister's, she posted a question. She was saying, do you think it's safe for me to show my son um, the actual video footage? And because she was concerned, she's like, so how? Because I want my sons to be aware of this, but I don't want to show them something too graphic. Right. Yeah. Um, and I was I, as I'm not a parent yet, so I won't. I don't know. And I could. I said that because I, I gasped when I saw it because somebody yeah. actually, somebody showed it to me and I didn't. I haven't seen it yet. I didn't know it was out. And I, okay. I, I literally gasped and I, I can't believe that not only this happened. Somebody actually recorded this. Like this is in real time. Like this is, it's the kind of stuff that you see in movies, or in uh, fictional series. And I'm like, this can't be real. This can't be real. And the funny thing is, the conversations that a lot of us are having now with younger kids, I didn't become aware of it until I became an adult. <laughs> because mom pulled me to the side. And she said, I hope you understand. I know, you, I know you're doing what you want to do. I know eventually you're going to go off to be a husband and then be a father. But always remember that you are a black male. Don't don't forget that because that's that's how a lot of people are going to see you and, mm-hmm. and view you um but the the overall desire to have us come back home you know because you know a lot of spouses of police officers say that to their spouse who's on the force but you would have never thought you'll have to say that to your own child right yeah yeah um, but I guess I'll um, before I switch gears I just really I really think it's awesome and I always praise and I, I praise any parent um, that really take the time and, and, and mold their children but it's it's really refreshing to see um, moms and sons because that's the relationship that I had and it, it I can't I wouldn't trade that for anything in the world um, and again even now happy uh, late Mother's Day um I can't really express how much you all's influence have on us. Um, the fact that we we see everything you do and we see their interactions that you have with other people and that actually helps us. So I just wanted to thank you personally for providing that that um, that imagery and that that idea for your son. Because he's going to appreciate it. Because I appreciate it now as a grown man, and it's it just means it means the world. Uh, it will mean mean the uh, world to us as we get older. Um, but I'm gonna switch gears right quick because I'm I really wanted to ask you this because I thought this was so awesome. You becoming teacher of the year. Um, how 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 has that affected you since that's happened? Like. Has it has it compelled you to 
to um, do other things or to, uh, to be better? Like, how did it influence you? I think it definitely it's an honor. You know, you go to work, you work hard, you give your all to your kids. And, and it's just the job. It's what you do. It's what you innately have in you to do. You're a giver. Yeah. Um, so to get that honor, I just, I couldn't wrap it around my mind at first. Like, wow, like my peers see what I'm doing. My peers see how hard I'm working and what I'm trying to pour into my students. So I feel like it inspired me to push even harder, you know, work harder to always know that um, I'm still learning myself and I'm still teachable and trainable and that it is something that I will always cherish. Um, but I think the biggest part is that something that your peers see in you. So it's not, you know, oh, your administration thinks you're doing an awesome job or, oh, your your students are, you get bragging rights or something like that. It's literally your peers hear or see what is what what you're doing in your room. And that it's making a difference. Yeah. So I feel like it definitely just kind of, it's that little piece of motivation on a rough day. It's that little reminder to keep on pushing. It is that plaque that you can look at and remind yourself like, okay, this is an added bonus on to why I'm in this profession and why I'm doing what I'm doing. Uh, there's a a poet by the name of Jericho Brown. He, I think he won years ago the Pulitzer Prize. <clears throat> and he said, he was like with mixed emotions. And he was saying that now that I, he wasn't even particularly working for that. Like you said, like that wasn't his primary goal. <clears throat> and when he got it, he felt, he said, now I have uh, the liberty, the continuing liberty to just be me but even just just go beyond that and it's like a it's like an added bonus and mm-hmm. it's, and it's mm-hmm. a reminder like you said we're all in a position of service and um to be to be recognized for that not just people of higher uh positions but your peers uh, it, it makes a huge difference it makes a huge difference. TGOS listeners, I have a question for you. What have you learned about yourself in the last three months that you haven't addressed over the last three years? Is it your eating habits? Is it the way you spend your time? Do you find yourself not liking what and who you've become? Don't let these revelations punish you, but provoke you to do better. Live better. The key question should be, are you happy and are you doing everything to maintain that? Find your happy place in life and strive to help others do the same. We can't manipulate every circumstance, but we can alter our reactions to them. Let's fix our fractured perspectives amongst broken expectations. And now back to the episode. Um, So what has been I'm actually uh, two more questions. I know we um, um, pressed for time, but what has been. And as an educator and as a parent, even as an individual, what has been your um, your biggest challenge in life as you hmm. propelled yourself forward? I, I would definitely say the biggest challenge that I've faced to date would be losing my mom. 
Um, because we were more than just mother daughters. She was one of my best friends. She was my confidant. She was my <laughs> sanity checker. You know, like when I feel like I'm about to lose it, I could always call on her and she would, you know, re-motivate me, recalibrate me and, you know, get me back on the right path. So that is um, a person who is missed daily. So um, I think I went from losing my mom at the age of 27 and then inheriting my nieces and uh, newly married, inheriting my nieces and then trying to just piece everything together. So I didn't feel like I gave myself an adequate amount of time to grieve losing her. It was like I had to just keep moving because I had two little girls who were looking at me to fix it and make their lives better. So um, I definitely felt like that was my greatest challenge thus far. Hmm. And um, it showed me true strength. It showed me um, resilience. And it also showed me that... um, there's a scripture that talks about um, God giving you the strength that surpasses all understanding. Yeah. And that never truly had meaning until I lost my mom. Losing, uh, I, I can't imagine this. Um, losing a parent is one thing that I hope that I don't experience. I know it's, I mean, I can't predict that, but man, when my cousins lost their dad, it's uh-huh. it just because I was in I was in the sixth grade when this happened, and I'm like, to me, he was Uncle Uncle Henry, um, but to them, he was dad, and this is somebody that not only their life stopped at that moment, but if your life continues, all those pivotal moments in your life, they're not gonna be there to experience that. Um, and I can only imagine like when you when you did go through all even when you had your son like not having your parent there Uh to share that moment with you right yeah wow and I try to just focus on the positive so it's like okay she wasn't there for the birth of my child but she was there at my wedding she saw me marry a man who is great you know, is a great provider, is a a great husband, is a great father who, with no second thought, took in my nieces and we raised them as our own. You know, so I feel like, okay, she knows she left me in good hands. She knows she left me equipped to carry out life. But it's always that missing piece. There's always a void there that you know nobody else can feel because that's mama nobody else can step in mama's shoes yeah so now are there um i actually just before i move to your to your last question are there any characteristics of your mom that you feel like that you've inherited that you find yourself doing or like wow my mom would do this oh gosh yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah i i um my mom showed me what unconditional love truly is Um, when you're hurt when you're disappointed when you are um, sad when you're happy just 
that love never wavered. And um, I, I find myself saying the same things to uh, my son that my mom told me. I find myself overly loving on, kissing, reminding him of his purpose, who he is and whose he is. Yeah. And I know all of that stems from my mom. Um, just that uh, and knowing how to pray oh my goodness <laughs> so that is something I definitely um, inherited from her and learned from her and and I'm instilling that in my son when all else fails you know and before it fails like prayer is our go to yeah well um it's definitely definitely needed now like I said yeah. in the midst of all this uh, but going focusing, and that's the beautiful thing about this. A lot of a lot of good have came have come out of of uh, this quarantine and shelter in place, mm-hmm. and um, and I think that's one thing that we're all forced to take note of because if we keep looking at the news and we keep taking it in and we keep looking at the negative aspect, um, that's then that's the only perspective we're going to live through. Um, but now that we like yourself is in a position where you not only you can um, continue to teach uh, via uh, the vehicle that we have um, concerning technology and being, still being able to reach out to your students, you can spend time mm-hmm. with your son and it's like that bond grows even more daily because um, I, I can only I would have been I probably would have been excited to have mom. Um, home with me because not only was she helping me with my homework and my provider but she actually got down on the floor with me and, and would play and I was telling my wife I said when when you're a kid and you are hanging around like your uncles and aunts it really pleases you when they actually play with you because mm-hmm. we feel so separated as as kids yeah. and as adults but when they actually get on your level and you can actually they actually have fun with you it, it means the world to us um, yeah. And you need to see people in those different lights. You need to see them as a disciplinarian. You need to see them as your your friend at times. You know, you need to you need to be able to versatile yourself so that they can see you in all of these different lights and not just one light all the time. Yeah, yeah. And I'm and I'm pretty certain that you still do that. You do that not only with your son but with your your nieces as well mm-hmm. definitely yeah yeah and it's because of that um they can depend on you they can trust you and one thing that as a kid you do not want to sever is trust mm-hmm. because we we definitely need that um not just as people in general but as kids because we need people fighting for us Mm-hmm. Um, but the last question will be I enjoy asking everyone this is because it varies um, but f- from from far back as you can remember to even now uh, what would you say is the glory in your story hmm. I think um, the glory in my story would be being an overcomer um, I feel like I'm capable of thing capable of things beyond my wildest dreams and that um, because I serve a mighty God and he watches over me along with my mom, who's now my guardian angel. And she's looking down and smiling upon me and reminding me day after day that I can do this and I'm not alone. She's got me. 
and um, that she left me equipped to face life's challenges. And I'm just grateful for the woman that she was because it's made me who I am today. And um, I feel like I'm, I'm strong, I'm resilient, and I'm confident, and I have room for so much more. And there's so much growth and um, perseverance that uh, lies ahead. And I feel like I'm equipped to face all of those challenges. That sounds about right. <laughs> uh, but thank you so much um, for your time. Um, I personally thank you for um, your work as an educator. Um, it's sometimes if if parents do not understand at this point uh, what you guys do and how much you do, <laughs> I don't think they ever will. Um, but thank you so much um, for your your service, and um, I just hope and pray that you can continue to have opportunities to do this because it's because of educators um, that I appreciate education the way I do and my schooling um, you all have uh, really inspired us more than you ever know and um, the, the gems and the nuggets that you all drop in the midst of your teaching we, we hold on to that and it helps it, and it guides us forward um, and I just just thank you really appreciate it thank you thank you for having me uh, no problem um, <laughs> for those of you who are listening again this is the latest episode of the glory in our stories uh, with Mrs. Kishe Anderson yo thank you for listening tune in next time for the latest episode of the glory in our stories 